listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to another episode of You, Me, and Ice Tea. I'm Deidre Stevenson, and I'm I'm so happy that we're back again for another another session. And I have to warn you, these are going to be coming to a close really soon. We're going to close out another season shortly before Christmas comes along. So we only have a few more of these left, sadly. But don't worry, never fear. You know, 2024 will inevitably bring another season of You, Me, and Ice Tea because there's always things to talk about in the book world. And I mean, like the topic we were just discussing, you know, behind the scenes, we were talking about what a great uh, time it is to go to a book fair and sit at your table and sell loads of books. And, you know, Richard here is from the UK and, you know, they are so lucky to have so many events like that to choose from. Here in the United Arab Emirates, we could have more. Honestly, it would be great if there were more and maybe they were a little easier to get to and 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 arrange. It would be very, very good. And and if the interest in books were even higher, that would be a thing too. So let's hope for the best. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's so great to be in a place where people really love book fairs. You know, anyway, so we're all talking about writing today and uh, what it's like to be an indie author, independent author. Now, it, it's not just that that we're talking about today. It's independent authors and the fact that they are the future of the publishing industry. Now, that's a controversial thing to say. Not everyone will agree with that statement, but a lot of people might. You know, I mean, we are in a time where anyone and everyone, you know, could in fact write a book. They could get online, they could even create an ebook. You know, um, a lot of people find it very easy, for example, to come up with concepts for children's books, you know, and illustrations. I mean, AI is making it so easy now you know, to, to come up with, you know, pictures even, you know, that you can do this with, and you don't even need to print a book in this case. So it's, it's easier than ever, you know, to make a book independently. Um, of course, what we do, Richard and I do, are more, you know, novels or even novellas and short stories. That takes a little bit more effort. Uh, but even with the advent of AI, you know, even that becomes a bit easier, you know, when you consider that you might even get, say, editing help, you know, through an AI platform or um, other sorts of online support. I think you use a website called, what, what was it used? The Nano, what is it, Richard? Um, Nano is, is really a, a portal for people who want to uh, improve their writing and it's like-minded people who, who get together in April and November and share ideas and encourage each other uh, to, to produce printed and written works, novels and the like. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a great help. There's, 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 there's no AI involved in, in that process. It's, it's purely a person to person, but uh, it's a great community for encouragement and support. Oh yes, and there's loads of support groups like that out there now. You know, myindieauthor.com uh, com is is that what is that Christian's website? Am I saying that right, Lenny? 
I think so. I haven't checked it for a while. Bookshelf. Sorry, it's mindybookshelf.com. That's right. Yes, for for uh, and that's a great support system. So see, we have loads of support. It's easier than ever to be an independent author. And the thing is that what I tell people usually, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but you know, being a writer is a wonderful thing to be. I mean, it's it's a full-on artist. I mean, you're creating something from your imagination, from your heart, you know, from your ability to to spin words and stories out of your mind, you know. But, um, ah, God, you know, it's it's like being an actor almost, you know, going to Hollywood and being an actor. You might get a few great roles. You might even get in a play or two. You might get, a you know, some extra roles in a movie or a TV show. But, I mean, let's face it, there's very few that are going to actually get on a movie, a, an A-list movie, and make a million dollars, you know, for their role. I mean, we do, we go into it with this knowledge, you know, that that may or may not ever happen. We do keep the hope. We, we keep the hope alive in our minds, right? I mean, all the time, of oh, course yes. we do. But we're not going to stop. Even if it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean that we stop trying, right? We get out there. And, you know, the only way that million-dollar role happens in book writing is if you publish with one of the big dogs, you know, on the fence. That's what we say in the South. The, well, the big dogs on the porch, you know, <laughs> and those are like, Random House and Penguin, Simon and Schuster, you know, someone like that. Smaller print, smaller publishers are just probably not going to get you there. But an independent author is more motivated, you know, to do their own, you know, their own promotions, you know, their their own uh, to make it their own independent business. So, I mean, they're oftentimes find success, you know, where there wouldn't have been success otherwise. What do you have to say about that, Richard? Yeah, I, I agree with agree with all of that. Um, if, if I if I never did anything with the work that I produce, I wouldn't stop producing it. Um, I write because I love writing, um, and I like producing a story. Um, and because it's my work, I think I'm the best person to promote it because I know I know about it and I'm passionate about it. So um, I enjoy. I don't enjoy promotion as much as I do writing. I have to be honest. Um, I would rather write than promote, but it's part of the deal. If, if you want people to read it, you have to tell them it's there. So uh, like yesterday when I went to the book fair, I gave out a few uh, free short stories uh, with my website address on the back. Um, and hopefully if they read the story and like it, then they'll go to my website and see what else I'm doing. So you don't have to necessarily be shouting on, on social media all the time. These days, the big publishers don't spend that much money on marketing anyway. Um, and they're more interested in someone that's got a large social media following than someone that they have to start from scratch with. Exactly. That's true. I mean, a lot of the smaller publishers are going to make you do your own marketing anyway, you know, and guess what? You oftentimes don't own your book anymore. You know, if you sign with someone who's a little bit, has a little bit less muscle. What do you think, Lene? Well, I've never had to deal with the front end of this. Um, with my ghostwriting and stuff, it's the other author's problem. But the buzz at the moment amongst readers and authors is that the very freedom we have from the internet and all the digital tools to publish independently is that there is a flood of substandard writing hitting the market. 
This has even tr trickled through now to Kindle Unlimited, where anyone can upload a digital book. And people are actually saying it's put them off of buying ebooks because they've read a lot of rubbish and they just don't trust the system anymore. So while the big publishers have been gatekeeping for, for quite like at least 100 years, they did set the bar high in terms of editorial standards, plot arc development. In other words, a beautifully packaged story that would enthrall readers. Now that the indie authors are doing all of this themselves, many of them are um, falsely reassured by other indie authors that it's a very easy thing and you can write a book in six months, publish it, become famous and rich work that way and a lot of the 20 year olds who are doing this have no life experience in the first place so their reader base of older readers are going to pick up on that younger readers might look up to these people and go oh it's a 20 year old oh my god i'm still in school it's so exciting they're living the life but the other adults know that that's not how it works so i guess depending on your demographics you might be making a lot more work for yourself in the marketing side if your actual product is not fully polished edited a couple of times developed line edited copy edited i mean there's a lot of back-end work that we don't often tell the public about and i think that this needs to be spoken about more not to scare yeah. people off but to reassure them that it is not just a scam for them to pay all of these other people for their services, but that it's an entire ecosystem. And if we want the indie authors to keep thriving, um, it's a bit of a hard lesson for some of them, but rather take six months more and put out a fantastic book and you can get a thousand extra fans um, instead um. of a bunch of bad reviews. So it's, it's a double-edged sword, I feel. Yeah, you know, this, that's a great point, actually, you know, um, you know, here in the South, we say the first check you write is for the mortgage, but the second check you write is for the insurance, <laughs> you know, because you have to make sure, and I, I see paying the editor as writing the check for the insurance. I mean, you have to back up, you know, what you're putting out there, you know, this is your insurance policy that you're putting out a superior product, you know, and there's people are not going to find those kinds of flaws in it that will throw them out of the story and make them feel that it's substandard writing, like you said. You're right, by the way. I mean, that is that is the problem with indie publishing now is the lack of standards, you know, to, to, that are being put out there. Um, now, where do we stand on people returning their books, though? I mean, can they not just return it if they don't like it? I mean, is that, or even is that an ethical thing? Um, yeah, I, I, I get I get my books returned, not on a regular basis, but I do get books returned. Um, I think Amazon give you 72 hours to return an ebook. They have to do that. It's, um, it's part of the distance selling regulation. So they're not just doing it for uh, the goodness of their heart. Um, but it, it means that, in fact, a fast reader can actually read my book and return it and get their money back um, within 72 hours. Um Ouch. Yeah, um, and yeah, and, and of course, then then my royalty statement then goes into the negative, which and uh, I, I think uh, I think a lot of the people that do this don't actually realise that it's me taking the hit. They think it's Amazon taking the hit, um, exactly. and it isn't. Basically, um, certainly, I've had um, uh, 
quite a few times recently when I've advertised on a certain social media platform, which has coincided with book sales that have then coincided with returns. So um, I've actually stopped advertising on that particular platform at the moment because I think that the two events are connected. Um, and it certainly seems right. that since I've stopped advertising on that certain platform, I've stopped getting returns. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. Um, you have, you have so to you identified the problem. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, fair enough. Uh, obviously, I would never say that, you know, it, you haven't got the right to return a book. But personally, if I buy something and don't like it, I don't return it. I just, you know, oh, they are. I bought it and I didn't like it. It's only a couple of bucks or whatever. So uh, I'll just wear that one and, you know, bear it in mind in future. But some people, I mean, I've, I've been selling books for 99 cents and had them returned. Um, and, <laughs> you know, you think, well, OK, um, there that's you are. That's, that, Even to hear that is painful. But, yeah, at, at least Horrible. I didn't get a bad review as well. You know, that would be sort of rubbing a bit of salt in it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's life. Dear God, um, a 99 cent yeah. book review. Yeah, I, I try to produce a top quality product. I employ an editor and I make sure that it's, it's read um, properly by lots of people before it goes live. So. I don't think that the problem is necessarily with the quality of the work. I think it stands up to, to anyone else's work. Um, I guess it's just someone that's, that's bought it and didn't like it. But as I said, if that was me, I'd say, oh, well, there we are. Put that down to experience. But that's that's just me. Right. No, I don't think I could. Ha I would have it in me to return an indie author's work ever. I don't think so. I mean, especially being an indie author, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like doing to others as you would have them doing to you, kind of thing. That that would never happen. I would not do it, even if I didn't like it at all. I would still just. I'd, I'd eat that money. That's that's no problem. <laughs> and I think that I would probably pay more attention to the reviews before I buy my next book. Um, that That is how a lot of people shop, you know? So I think that it's help the authors out. Good reviews are most definitely the way to go because I mean, like, let's let's hope, you know, let's hope that the substandard books that Lene mentioned are not really going to get, you know, praising reviews. I mean, maybe they'll get a few from friends that know them and just want to write something nice. But, you know, I mean, surely there's going to be a bad one on there, a critical one that's going to point out something that, you know, wasn't everyone's cup of tea, right? Because yeah. even the best authors in the world, you know, get really bad reviews. You know, and they're very specific about what they didn't like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. You don't you don't have to like it. Um, if you're honest, that's fine. I can I can cope with that. Um, right. What I don't like is 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 the bad review that doesn't actually say anything or, or just no, reflects exactly. just reflects something about the the writer of the review and not actually about the book itself. Um, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Life. Well, just, just as an education for for indie writers out there, um, I've seen this pop up a few times on social media where people are horrified to find their book on Goodreads and they think they've been pirated. It is a review site. It is not a pirate site. So no. if you don't even know that, what are you doing in the indie author business in the first place? You need <laughs> to have six pairs of eyes on everything. Learn and learn and learn more because that kind of question reveals to the world that you are pretty damn clueless about what you're doing. And I'm going to be no. 
hard on you for this <laughs> because it shows you are immature, ill-prepared and have most probably also not got a book that's up to scratch or worth reading. And if you want to put your name out there and are happy to be insulted in a public manner, that's on you. But don't come and cry when people write something on Goodreads about your book. Um, the, the amount of, of poorly educated writers out there is, is uh, shocking lately. But that's what happens when you let loose anyone over the age of five who thinks they can handle a keyboard and a mouse and they can do stuff. Um, it is diluting the efforts of authors who have studied literary degrees, who have masters or PhD in story writing, in plot devices or philosophy, anthropology, whatever subject matter they've studied. These are experts and it is a bit unfair to be lumped in the same categories, but yeah. we, we can only try and, and get people to be more aware of this. And we say it with love because if you have a good story to tell, we want to help you write it better so that mm -hmm. your name goes down in the history books as this is the person who made this fantastic story. It might become a cult classic. You don't want it to become a joke for the ages. Um, unfortunately, no. the internet is forever. So those who published before the 1990s, Nothing ever happened when their book disappeared into obscurity, but the world has changed. And you don't want that to come back and bite you later on when you have no. done your research, written a beautiful book. And people say, hey, she wrote another book 15 years ago, but it's absolutely rubbish. So reputation control and for marketing purposes, give yourself a boost. Don't shoot yourself in the foot, right? Um, unless you are absolutely writing parody and you want to be known as the, the clown on the Internet. <laughs> there are people who thrive like that. Um, then go for that. That's a niche genre. Um, and people understand when they read parody and stuff, it, it's not serious. Right. But um, tying into our pseudonyms from last week, you might want to publish your first book under a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You know, and that it's very important, I think, that even indie authors, I would recommend that as well. I mean, whatever you've written in the past, if you have improved and your uh, your ability, you know, to write a really great story, and you have improved in your ability to hire good editors, or you know, get beta readers, you know, to give you good good feedback and that sort of thing. Then it probably would be prudent even to go back and rewrite, you know, some of your previous work. I know I'm definitely doing that. I'm working on one right now, um, the Skinwalker Resurrection. I was not after the Buchanan Bastard's success. I was so happy with that, that I really wanted to go and get that stain off of my record. <laughs> I, don't, I was not happy with the writing. I was not happy with how it, how it presented, you know, and at, at, as, as a former uh, professor, I would probably grade it a C, even myself, you know, it's C plus writing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you though, what I've got coming up is definitely an A an A book. It's most definitely I'd I'd rate that an A. Absolutely. I don't think anything deserves an A plus. Not really. You know, I had a professor in university like that, and I think I have to agree with them. There isn't anything that deserves an A plus unless it just blows me away. It blows my brains out. What do you guys think? Have you read an A plus book ever? 
It's so subjective, honestly. Um, I remember I was thinking back on, there was a Facebook question in the one uh, readers group saying, what's the funniest book you've ever read? And my mind went back to in the, I'd say 2001, 2002 or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. I think the book was called Lucy O'Sullivan is Getting Married. And it was a weird oh. rom-com little funny book. Uh, mm-hmm. It was quite a thick book, wasn't wasn't thin. But I was howling every second page. Now, I don't know if I was just in a really <laughs> laughing mood that night, but I finished that book by 4 a.m. I couldn't put it down. And I'm kind of scared of rereading it because if it's disappointing me this time, then I know it was me being in a weird mental state at that time because <laughs> there's no standard for these things where everybody can agree on something. So well, I'll leave that out there for other people to come and say what they think okay. was their funniest book. Fair enough, but that was probably the closest you ever got to having your bl- your brains blown out, right? Well, yeah, it was it was just so hilarious for the time. Um, the time it was set in was contemporary, um, and and being a young woman of a similar age, and I knew ladies who thought and did the same things. So it, it was it was absolutely hilarious. But I think for a male reader, it wouldn't have hit home at all. Um, Terry Pratchett's another one which I. There are sometimes right. I can read the same book and it won't hit me. And then another time I'll be reading it and I'll randomly just be chuckling all day long because I found it funny at the time. So, so yeah, it is subjective. But the, the future of the indie publishing is going to depend now on a lot more of these subjective reviews because right. there are no publishers pushing for um, page reviews. Now, I can't remember the actual name, if it's Kirby or Kingsley or something, which is the review service in America before libraries will actually buy a book. Uh Yes. So indie authors don't have access to that unless they pay a lot of money, which Uh might be worth your while if you're trying to sell in the U.S. market to libraries all over the country. What was that name again for people What's it, Richard? Uh, Kirkus. K-I-R-K-U-S, Kirkus. Kirkus, yeah, that's it, that's it. Gotcha. So for indie authors in America, that would be extremely useful investment to do. Uh, But for indie authors outside of America, um, it might be a foot in the door if you want to to lay out the money for that. I don't know how much it costs. I think it's it's at least a double-digit figure, possibly a three-digit figure to get a professional review of your book. And then you better hope the review is good. because that's the mm-hmm. official oh, yeah. review that everyone else is going to be judging you by. It's, it's the equivalent of a Michelin star restaurant type of thing, you know. Um, if you have it, great. Um, but yeah, for indie authors, it would be nice if there was a more international body available. If someone wants to create one, I would love for it because then we can all independently send out manuscripts, get an international review from an international panel of evaluators. That would be something that amazing. Like a great for indie idea. authors. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's so subjective per nationality, per race, per religion, per age demographic, there's so many factors. Um, I don't know how Kirkus is set up, but something international like that for indie authors would be the gold mine, I think, for the future of the industry. Perhaps there was that's a, a, something we could bring up to Christian. There, there was a service in, in the UK called Chill with a Book that uh, ran for a few years and actually closed about a year ago. Um, and they they took indie books and then they they gave them out to uh, 
uh, a selected panel. They they put them up for offer basically, and they had three three reviews come in, and, and depending on what they thought, they then gave it um, either a premier award or an award. Um, if if it got two or three good reviews, uh, and if it didn't get any reviews at all, they just forgot it ever existed and, and didn't publish a bad review about it. So that um, but that finished about a year ago now, unfortunately. Oh, no. um, and obviously there was a huge there was a huge waiting list for it. Obviously, um, I had one on there that got an award, um, but uh, I can't put any more there now because it doesn't exist anymore. But it's totally random, so you could get three awful reviews, but then it would never go public. Um, it only goes right. public if you get a good. If you get a good award, basically, so it was good in that way because it meant there was no um, there was no danger of you uh, of someone telling telling the world your book was awful uh, on a subjective right. opinion. Right. Officially. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we can we can maybe come up with a list, you know, of helpful places to send off for book reviews. That actually might help a lot of people, you know. So maybe if we put our thinking caps on this week and come up with a list. That would be really yeah. good. We've got so, about three minutes left, but yeah, if anybody in the, wants to add in the comments any review services for international writers, that would be that fantastic. That would be so awesome. Yes, please. You know, we would definitely like to help in that regard because you are right. Reviews are absolutely crucial. And like you said, international reviews, something that would really get out there. Um, but no, well, just to recap, though, I think that Lene brought up the best, you know, point here is that, you know, it, it, for us to really be the future of publishing, we do have to adhere to certain standards, you know, and that really involves the number one step, you know, of getting people, getting a lot of people to read your book, getting a lot of alpha readers, beta readers, you know, to give your book feedback, review it. Uh, go through another draft and then pass it off to a professional editor. Someone like Lene here who can do line editing, who can do developmental editing and really get that sucker up to standard, you know, so that it's not, it's going to pass the mustard everywhere it goes. Um, and it's going to be considered just as, you know, relevant as any book that was published by one of the big dogs on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your goal. You want to look exactly like it's been published by one of them. So uh, uh, that's all the time we have, I suppose, everyone, unless you guys have any closing comments. No, no, no we're all good. Good subject this week. Fascinating. Are we are we the future of publishing? Is Did we answer our question? Well, we're <laughs> not going away, so deal with us. True. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We're here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to stay. Hell yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Coolness. I love it. All right, guys, you have a great, great week. And we'll be back next week to discuss another wonderful topic on you, me, and iced tea. Get yourself a glass of iced tea. Kick up those feet. Enjoy the night. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Please remember to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode.